Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. We've got a great speaker today. Hope you enjoy. Good morning, church. How are we all doing? I'm just opening my Bible to the right point. Okay, so this morning, I'm going to be speaking on Mary and Martha and keeping the one thing, the one thing. Reading from Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. And I'm just going to say, I don't have, I've got the scripture here, so you can either follow it on your device, your phone, or you can use the, the, a paper copy. But this is my only slide, so it's just me and paper this morning. Okay, so Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. Jesus visits Mary and Martha. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was worrying over the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're so upset over all these details. There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and I won't take it away from her. So we have two sisters, we have Mary and we have Martha. Both are Jesus' friends and both are special to him. But one sister has her priorities right and one has them slightly different. Jesus uses this to teach us what's important in life. He calls it, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. And that one thing is sitting at Jesus' feet. When we sit at Jesus' feet, we're taking time out. We're taking time out of our lives, time out of our schedules to receive and receive real life, to receive full life. Martha was busy. Mary was still. Martha was mad. She wanted justice and she wanted vindication. In verse 40, she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left, has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha wasn't just mad, she was also busy. 13 hungry guys, Jesus and the 12 disciples, dropped in unannounced. There was probably a knock at the door and one came in and the next one came in and the next one came in, 13 of them. And they wanted fed. I can't feed five of them. I, every day I think, what am I going to give them tonight? And then they always want more. And then I think, what am I going to give them now? That's why they go up to Stuart's mum and dad's on a Friday. <laughs> My response was probably going to be similar to Martha's. But Martha's heart was good. She was busy, ready, and wanting to please Jesus. Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to, listening to what he said. She just sat, she reclined, and she listened. She came like a child, and we saw that beautiful dedication this morning childlike behavior. She was just, Mary knew her need of Jesus. It was unusual because women didn't usually sit at the rabbi's feet learning. And Jesus didn't say, he didn't rebuke her, and he didn't say, Mary, get up and get to work. He tenderly tells Martha that Jesus has chosen what is better and it wouldn't be taken away from her. Mary was raw. She was hungry for Jesus. She knew how much she needed him. But Martha was civilized and she wanted to get it right and she wanted to get the tasks done correctly. It's about priorities. He's talking about the number one priority that outrules all others. And he says only one thing is needed and it will not be taken away from her. I know life is busy. I know there's a lot of pressure. I know we've all got different things and different demands, but we're going to do it so much better after we've had time with Jesus. After we've received his perspective, we've received his heart and our own hearts get topped up again because we cannot give. Hard as we might try, we can't give what we haven't received. 
So in 2017 now, what does sitting at Jesus' feet look like for us today? There are so many voices, so many pings on social media, so much everything's instant, everything's quick, everything's fast. We need to take time out and separate ourselves from this world and listen to Jesus. Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listened to what he said. She listened to his every word. She took the posture of a learner and hung on every word from his mouth. Her attention was on him. She was focused. Can you imagine being there, listening with our own ears to his, to his wisdom, the authority with which he spoke, but also the tenderness in his voice, because he spoke words of life to them, words of life, grace, mercy, and truth. Mary prioritized listening over everything else, everything else. Listening is active. It requires attention, and it's a conscious thing. It's so much more than hearing. I know well, we've got four boys, and I know that quite often I'll say, Archie, could you get your shoes on, please? There's a please in there, the first, the first request. Archie, could you get your shoes on, please? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ten minutes later, on ask number five. Archie, please put your shoes on. Yeah, I heard you. Yeah, but are you listening to me, Archie? I need your shoes on your feet because we can't go out. Sorry, Archie. Or Ruben. <laughs> Do you know what? It's active. It, or if you're a teacher, you need your eyes, you need your class's eyes on you. Or a youth leader, you need the eyes on you so that you know your instruction is being received and that you are being listened to. And apart from anything else, it's courtesy just to give people eye contact. Mary was enthralled by Jesus. But it doesn't mean that Mary never served, but this time serving wasn't the priority. The wisdom of God was right there in the living room. Can you imagine sitting in the presence of the living God? Well, we are sitting in the presence of the living God, but physically. Do you know Lindsay's just come in? And I'm so glad to see you. Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> Big smile. It doesn't mean that Mary never served, as I've said. Serving wasn't the priority, so the wisdom of God was there. When we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, we're built up, we're assured, and doubt begins to leave. Don't hold back for fear of a row from God. Jesus spoke to Martha lovingly as he rebuked her. He said, my dear Martha, he didn't point an iron rod and shout at her. He didn't, he didn't point his finger and, and cause fear, which would intimidate her and make her stay, make her hold back. He addresses her with kindness and tenderness, but also with authority. He says, my dear Martha, we need to listen to Jesus. We really do, church. We need to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit so that we are full, so that we can go out from these doors, because we're not effective in our own four walls. We're not effective if we're just here, being church, being, you know, happy clappy and being, but we need to take our, our hearts full with God's perspective. We need to come to church ready to give out, but even more so, go out into that world, because there's so much need out there. So we need to make practical adjustments to make time. Read the Bible like we hunger for food, like our lives depend on it. Adjustments might, might mean switching off, might mean putting the phone down, less screen time, which means less distraction, more time with the Holy Spirit, which builds us up. Sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to the sweet voice, the life-giving voice of our Jesus, as he whispers your name, silences fears, sings a new song over you. It's not a song of condemnation. It's a song of acceptance. It's a song of grace. It's a song of life and a song of love. There's no stick. There's love and acceptance and grace and truth. Mary also lingered with Jesus. She drew near to Jesus. Now, linger is a verb. It means to remain or stay in a place longer than necessary because of her reluctance to leave. Mary left Martha to be with Jesus. She lingered in his presence. She was focused on her king. She was focused on Jesus. There's nothing more healing than Jesus' presence. I know we're always in it, but she was intentional. Mary was intentional. It's the language of relationship, drawing near, being with and sitting at his feet. 
just focus on and attentive to Jesus. Just linger and again, just stay in a place longer than necessary because of a reluctance to leave. When I, hear, when I think of the word linger, I think of putting, saying goodnight every night to Charlie and Milo. They do all they can to get Stuart or I or whoever's put them to bed to linger. They have questions of life. They want to know, can I have another glass of water? They get philosophical. They get deep. And you know, at eight o'clock, half eight at night, I don't have the energy to, to discuss or debate or, or whatever. So they want us to draw near with them. They're hungry little boys. They want, they want to be around their parents or they want to be around, if not if we've been shouting, but they want to be, you know, they want us to linger with them. They don't want, they're reluctant for us to leave. Martha talks to Jesus, but she talks out of desperation and distraction. There's no peace. There's no rest. But Mary's living out of a full relationship with her Lord. Let's be so filled that we can live daily from the place of filling, at peace, rested and trusting, and able to give to other people out of our receiving, not keeping it to ourselves, but pouring into it and loving others. Because we've been created to receive first from our God. We've been created to be other-centered. We've not been created to be me, 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 and how many selfies can I take, and how many likes can I get, and it's all about me, me, me. We're not created to be self-centered. There's such a need out there, and we need to live out of being filled daily so we can give out of what we've received. We can give away life, and we can give away wisdom. That's why we spend time with, with the Holy Spirit, because if we, we can't run on empty. We can't give to others what we haven't received. So the one thing that's needed is time with Jesus. Yep, we've got a lot to do, but we're going to do it better after time with him. We've got to keep the one thing, the one thing, just that one thing. It's time with our God, sitting at our Lord's feet, listening to Jesus and lingering with him, staying longer. Do you know what else she did? She loved him. She just plain old loved him. Um, Mary, uh, Jesus, sorry, Jesus told Martha that Mary had chosen what is better. She chose Jesus himself. She loved him. She valued him. She worshipped him. She sat sitting at his feet as treasuring him above everything else. And that is worship. She was in costly worship, loving Jesus. But she'd always, Mary had always treasured Jesus above all other things. I'm not going to read it just now, but in John 12, 1 to 11, the same Mary took a pound of pure nard, which was an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet, and then she wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with, with um, the, the fragrance of perfume. Judas objected, one of the disciples, he said, he said that perfume should have been sold and the money given to the poor because it was worth a year's wages. Now that was extravagant worship. A year's wages? What she gave away, that's extravagant worship. Jesus told Judas to leave Mary alone. He said it was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. But maybe Mary, sitting at Jesus' feet, had understood what the other disciples hadn't understood, that Jesus was going to die that she was anointing him, preparing him for burial and pouring out all her treasure on him because he was worth so much to her. That's costly worship. See, this morning, if you can, let the distractions and demands of this world wash off you and just take a minute in your heart, just quietly ask yourself, how am I doing at loving Jesus? Do I choose him above everything else? Do I choose him as my one thing? Because you know what? It won't be taken away from her. It won't be taken away from us. Listening to, lingering with and loving Jesus. So Mary, she sits still, she's receiving, she receives grace from God, but Martha was a doer, she was busy, she was active, it's almost like she was, she was, it was, she, it was not performance, but she wanted to be busy, 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 she wanted to try to do things for Jesus, she was striving. Martha spells things D-O, do, but Jesus, and he did this at the cross, he spells things D-O-N-E, done, it's finished. Today, there's no stern accusation, as I've said, just your father who calls you by name. 
ask you to come as you are. There's no rows, no lists, but grace overflowing. And imagine, see this table here. Imagine there's a table set beautifully with choice foods. This table is set for all. Whether you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus, this table is set for you with a name for you, with a name card. And he pulls out the chair and he sits you down at this table and he says, sit and dine with me. The food that you love is on the menu and your God is with you, your God is in you and your God is for you. He delights in you and he welcomes you. And do you know what is beautiful? He wants us to come as we are because he already knows our hearts. He already knows. He wants us just to come as we are with no errors and no graces. He's done everything for us that we need, including dying for our sins. And although we come to this table, we're not worthy of it, but grace covers us and clothes us. Psalm 23 is the Lord's my shepherd. And I'm sure we've all, we either know the psalm or we've heard of the psalm. <clears throat> Verses five and six say, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. There's no doubt, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. To pursue means to chase after, it means to follow, it means to accompany you. God's goodness and his love, his unfailing love will pursue you all the days of your life and you will live in the house of the Lord forever. Even if things are happening just now that don't seem right, that you don't understand things that have happened in the past, you think, where, where were you, God? Where were you in that? Trust, trust him, trust him. This is grace. It's undeserved and unmerited favor. But at the same time, we're not good, good people who come to serve God. We're sinners who needed to be saved. And Jesus did it for us. He did it on the cross. What we do is we receive it and acknowledge our sin and acknowledge our need of a saviour. How much do we need saved and how much do we need forgiven? Mary received forgiveness and she received wholeness through her brokenness and her need for her God. She made a picture of us sitting still and letting Jesus do the hard work. He is so gracious and he doesn't point the finger, doesn't blame, doesn't highlight our, fault, our faults. But as people, we can be so hard on ourselves. What is our internal voice? What is our internal voice feeding us half the time? You're stupid, you've not done that properly, you're, you're, they, they think you're fake, you're, you know. No, no, let the, let the voice of God speak to you this morning. He doesn't, fault, he doesn't point the finger, doesn't highlight our faults. He loves you. He loves each person here. He loves you and he draws us with loving kindness. God looks at us through the eyes of Jesus, blameless in his sight. But we've got to acknowledge our sin and our need of him, that he is Lord of every area of our lives, that he is King of kings and Lord of lords, that we submit everything to him. We don't, we don't keep a bit for ourselves. We submit 100%, because then you know, we need to make him Lord. Then, like Mary, live from a place of rest and grace, because she's sitting still and she's letting Jesus do the work, childlike but not childish. No more striving and no more having to be perfect. Either on the inside or having a perfect home, perfect job, perfect filters on Instagram, perfect this, perfect that, because perfection doesn't exist. It's a killer and it doesn't just hurt us. When we're striving for perfection, it hurts those around us. And I've, I've, I've tried in the past, still do sometimes, perfect, 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 it doesn't exist. Shatter that illusion now and come to our God and be, raw, be, be honest around your friends and family as well because nobody's got time for fake. Let's just be real and pull down the masks and give up the need to be in control and striving because that's a Martha trait, driven by a lack of trust, fear and a need to be in control. Let's let go and let God because God sees our hearts, knows all our flaws and sins, but he loves us and he accepts us anyway. 
He loves us despite us. Grace flowing like a river, accepted by God because of Jesus. Perfectionism is exhausting. In Micah 6, verse 8, it says, The Lord has already told you what is good, and this is what he requires, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Do you know we're not asked to walk perfectly with our God, but to walk humbly, as Mary did, because she knew her need of him. Martha wanted everything perfect, and in doing so she strived. She got upset, she got resentful of Mary. She missed the point. Keep the one thing, the one thing, that just that one thing, that time with our God. When we do, everything else will flow. Micah 6, verse 6 says, With what shall I come to the Lord? Come with our whole heart, our worship, and a willingness to let him be Lord. No perfection, no pretense, no covering up or arrogance, just to come open because it's a safe place. Please don't wear a mask or play hide and seek. There's a song that um, 20 years ago when I first became a Christian, and there was a song, Jesus take me as I am because I can come no other way. And that's what he wants. He just wants us to come as we are. So back to Micah 6 verse 8. To do what is right means to live with a sense of right and wrong, to protect the innocent, And to love mercy means loyal love or loving kindness because both justice and mercy are foundational to God's character. To walk humbly, not to walk perfectly, is a description of our heart's attitude toward God. To depend on him rather than our own abilities. Instead of taking pride in what we bring to God, humbly recognize that no amount of perfection or personal sacrifice can replace a heart committed to justice and love. love. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Without love we are nothing. Now, the response of a godly heart is outward to do what is right. It's inward to love mercy and show loving kindness, and it's upward to walk humbly. God isn't interested in a perfect show from us as much as he is in a humble heart. That simply does what is right. Humility, to know and acknowledge our need. So we're going to go back to Mary and Martha. We know that Martha spells things do, and Jesus has finished that work. Mary sits still and lets Jesus do the work. Because, you know, we're busy, we're busy, we're busy, we're busy, we're busy, and genuinely are busy. There's a lot of demands and a lot of stuff to do, but being busy isn't a badge of honour. There's a time for serving, and probably when Jesus was finished teaching them, he said, let's make some food. But serving comes after sitting. So we sit first, we receive first, we love Jesus first, we linger with him and we listen to him, and we pray Serving comes after being filled with the Holy Spirit because we cannot give to others what we don't have. And a car can't go anywhere with no fuel in the tank. As we found out the other day, we were going out in the car and it was actually below the red, flashing. And um, I know personally that a car can't go anywhere with no fuel in the tank because every time I try and take the car out the drive, take the last one, sure it'll shout, needs diesel hen or it needs petrol. And it's always me that ends up paying for it. So that's why we spend time with Jesus every day. We spend time with Jesus every day so we're, re- re- so we're refilled. Not so the life and filling in us stagnates and we keep it for me because I love self, because self, 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 but no. So that we can take it to a, da- a world out there with genuine need, mental need, physical need, emotional need. I mean, suicide rates in men are higher now. Men under 40 are higher now than they've ever been. We need to, we, can, we, we cannot give out of what we, haven't ha- what we haven't received. I know I've said it, but the presence of God, it's life, it's wholeness, it's healing. And the, na- the, the, the answer to, to the, the, the world now is the name of Jesus. So serving comes, um, sorry. That's why, so that's why we spend time with Jesus. Serving comes also after being saved and it comes out of being saved. 
because love is foundational to Christianity. Love is the currency of heaven. And when we serve, we're loving because we never come second by putting God first. When we put God first, we're continually aware of what Jesus did for us, which makes us grateful. And gratitude is so important in every season in life and means we don't take things for granted. We don't take people for granted. We don't even take Jesus or forgiveness or grace for granted. Mary was grateful and she didn't need to seek people's approval because the approval of others is never a replacement or substitute for God's. We're approved of. And just, just for one minute, going back to perfection, come as we are. Don't wear a mask. Lindsay said last week, don't wear masks. Please don't wear masks. God doesn't want us fake, and our friends and family don't need us fake either. Life is really short. Suddenly, I mean, I'm going to be 42 soon, and I still feel 21. Honestly, life is too short for fake, and it's too short to, to omit, to leave Jesus out. Mary came raw, flaws and all, because all she needed was Jesus. Martha strived. She wanted justice. She wanted Jesus to back her up. She said, Lord, tell her to help me. She wanted it sorted, and she wanted it perfect. Martha made room in her home, but Mary made room in her heart. Yeah, and I want my heart always to be hungry for Jesus, to be full of him. When we come as we are, it leaves room for grace to flow and healing to come to our hearts. And I don't know how much we need healing, but I know that I've needed a lot of healing in the past and still at times do. To hide our pain, we can hide behind tasks doing for him, being busy rather than being with him, being a human doing rather than a human being. And today, let him in. Let him in. Let us pray with you. We don't need to spend another day in pain, another day in isolation, or another day in striving. And you know what? When the enemy points at you to all you're not, point your hand to all that your God is because he's your deliverer. He's your provider. He's your vindicator. He's your healer. He's your shield. He is your supplier. Everything. He, is, he provides in ways that we don't even know that we need it. Do you know that? Yeah, he does. He provides in ways that we don't even know that we need it. He is so for you, so for us. You know, he's, he is our deliverer and he's my deliverer. <clears throat> and I hope you don't mind. I'm just going to spend a minute just telling you about God's faithfulness. It's nearly 24 years this month um, since a broken 18-year-old gave her life to Jesus. I didn't really know what that meant, but I knew I needed him. I had no confidence. I believe performance led to acceptance. I was broken. I was bullied. I was desperately shy. I remember looking upwards and bit by small bit thinking, I need to give my mess to Jesus I mean, I'd had a great upbringing and a loving family. I'd had a good supportive home life. But things happen in life that shake you, things that could potentially destroy you if you let them. And if you don't deal with them, would eat you up and affect you forever. It wasn't an instant quick change or healing, but God knows what we need. He took it slowly with me, and he repaired trust, and he brought restoration. It was a gradual restoration, but I had to make a choice. I had to choose to let love and people in, and it took a risk. And I'm eternally grateful to Rose for being so gracious and so kind. I don't, Rose isn't even in the room just now, but just people and Sally, just people that, that took time, and Elma and Zara, people that took time and just, just brought real friendship. And God used those people to bring healing. Real friendships developed, and healing came in ways that I didn't even know I needed it. And all I can say is Jesus is more faithful than I deserve and better than I ever imagined. And that girl back then couldn't think two straight thoughts, couldn't look anyone in the eye, genuinely couldn't look anyone in the eye, looked at the floor or muttered and stumbled. I'd been badly bullied at high school, among other things, and just didn't believe or I felt or I belonged. I felt constant shame. Shame burned my face, even when nothing was, when I hadn't done anything wrong. Teachers used to say, Jill, why are you red? 
And I said, I don't know. But Jesus identified with me. Real people took a genuine interest and Jesus set me free. He, and when he, you know, when he sets you free, you're free indeed. He's taken the shackles off our feet so that we can dance and that we can praise and we can speak and we can give him glory and that we can testify he's our deliverer because I'm not standing up here this morning making it up. I'm telling you that the living God has set me free. And he's set us free so that we can take freedom out there to people that are bound, people that are in pain, people that are grieving. I was in the chemist the other day buying something for one of the boys and there was a lady in there. She was sitting down, so I just sat beside her and chatted and she told me that she was on her own with a six-week-old baby and a two-year-old. Her partner had left and gone to work in Aberdeen and her mum was an alcoholic and she had nobody. And she was exhausted because her baby was suffering from colic and the only way she got yet another prescription and the only way the child she could sleep and the child would sleep was to sleep upright on her and the poor girl looked exhausted and um, I just I said I'm going to pray for you and when I left I thought I don't actually know how much help that was she probably needs practical help but do you know we all have a story to tell we really do but gee I'm here this morning to tell you that he is the God who heals and he lifts us out of our pit and he wants to use us to lift someone else out of the pit please be willing if you've received the healing of Jesus be willing to lift someone else it says in the Psalms he lifted me out of the mud and the mire please bend down the only way to look down on someone is if you're helping them up Please don't ever look down on someone. Bend down and use your strength that you've been given from the Holy Spirit to lift them up. So he's the God who heals and lifts us out of our pit. He gives us new life and he gives us a hope for the future. He's the the reason for the hope that we have and he's an anchor for our soul and I am so grateful. But we all have a history and a story to tell. Please know and hear this because I tell myself this daily. Your destiny is so much more important than your history. God isn't finished with you. He's not finished with me. He's not finished with any of us. But sometimes we disqualify ourselves from our destiny because we're permanently identified by our history. Don't think about where you've been. Think about where you're going. Don't look back here. Look forward with your God. Take people with you. Take the right people with you. The people that are going to speak into your life. The people that are going to hold you accountable. The people that you can encourage and build up. Move forward with a redeemer engaging in your life as you move forward. Pain can't, we can't allow pain to distract us from our purpose because we can be so caught up with our problem that we're missing our purpose and our problem can't keep us from our destiny and our pain mustn't be allowed to distract us from where we're going. But our destiny, it's not easy. It's going to require endurance, but please don't quit. I've got written inside my Bible two words that Jimmy Dowd's asked me to to write in this and it's two letters actually and it's DQ and it says don't quit don't quit, keep going. The plan is too great and the call is too strong and the people out there need it. We need it. Our children need it and our, if we're at that stage, our grandchildren need it. We do not, um, don't, don't quit despite tiredness, strain, stress or adversity because you see so many times we want the progress without going through the process but the process is bit by bit, by bit, by bit. We just need to keep taking that other step, keep walking, keep walking. Every Friday night, I think, right, I'm going to go to bed early and I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and I'm going to go to the church at the top of my road. I'm going to go to Slimming World and I'm going to lose this weight because I want to be thinner than I am. But if I keep eating rubbish on a Friday night, I'm not going to be. So I want the progress, the instant progress of being a size 12 or even better, 10. But I'm not, because I've not gone to Slimming World, I'm still a size whatever. (laughs) So but it's the process, it's the process of the, and the discipline of the, of the healing or the process of not eating as much or the process of going to the actual class. See, it's the process that trains us and it's the process that builds the character in us because we don't build endurance in the path of least resistance. We need to endure and keep going and keep going and forming that habit 
until it forms us. And we weren't born to just survive, we were born to make a difference. But if we're going to make a difference, what do we need to do? We need to spend time with Jesus. We need to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and be built up. Be built up by the voice of God and the voice of the right things, not the voices. There's so much media that's so quick to tear us down. Well-meaning people say something, and that's what we remember. I know someone that you could tell them 20 positive things, but they remember that one negative. Or it's not even a negative, it's just a... you know a constructive advice but they still remember that negative when actually they're doing amazing in every other way so we need to spend time with Jesus we need to know him and receive his heart listen to him linger with him love him because then we're going to know what's important to him we'll see and hear things differently and we'll see ourselves differently do you know the enemy is fixated on our intimacy with Jesus we need to guard our intimacy with him so much because there's so many other things that vie for our attention. Not just guard our intimacy with him, but guard our heart. So today, like Mary, can we make room in our heart? Because it's hard to love with all our heart if pieces are restricted and filled with hurt and filled with disappointment. We need to tend to our heart and forgive people quickly because forgiveness brings freedom. The only person that ends up bound up and in, in chains is us because the other person might not even realize that there's an issue. And even if like huge hurt has been done to us, receive the, the, the healing of the Holy Spirit, receive his help, ask for help. There's nothing going on in our lives, in your life, in my life, that the love of God doesn't care about. And there's nothing going on in our world that the love of God doesn't identify with. I'm just closing just now and maybe just in a minute, could the band just get ready to come back up please? But in hard times, worship, there's nothing like worship. Worship is when we declare to ourselves and our Lord that he is who he says he is. Tell him you trust him. Tell him that you trust him with your life and you trust your children. You trust him with your children. And don't just worship God for what he's done. Don't just worship Jesus for what he's done. Worship him for who he is. Worship at home, play music, because it changes the atmosphere and it brings Jesus back to the center. And acknowledge him above everything else. So many times I think, I know I can get caught up in this, but I talk about my mountain to Stuart or talk about it, but instead of talking, talking about it, talk to it and say, talk, talk, bring Jesus to your mountain, bring Jesus to our troubles. He's not a long way off and you don't have to fight for a place at the table. That table is set, it's set for you and if you feel too weak to walk, let him carry you. Let him carry you because there's healing at that table. There's wholeness at that table. There's riches at that table and the riches are different for each one of us. He is singing a love song over you today. He is calling you by name. There's choice food at that table. He prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. The Lord is your shepherd. He makes you down to lie. He leads you beside still waters. He restores your soul. Look for soul restoration in Jesus, not in the latest thing, because we're just going to go from thing to thing to thing. Let's find our our hope in the living God. He gave all of himself for all of us, not perfect people, but broken humanity with a God-shaped hole in their lives. We were made for relationship with God and this living, loving Jesus who is as relevant today as he was 2,000 years ago, identifies with you, calls you by name and he loves you. He's not going to abandon you. He can't walk away from what he loves the most and he doesn't point the finger. He stretched out his arms and he he died on that cross for you. He aches for relationship. And he knows your pain and he knows that the things that have happened weren't fair. 
He longs for you to discover the one thing that is really worth being concerned about because it won't be taken away from you. And there's a place for you at this table today. There's a place at this table for you today. Tim, could we just have some keys? Is that okay? Thank you. So if you would like to come to this table and respond to Jesus' invitation today, we're going to say a prayer of faith, if that's okay. If you'd like to make Jesus your Lord and Saviour and step into a new life, a new relationship with him, is it okay if I, I pray a prayer? And if, the, if you could please, please pray this prayer with me. And could the congregation join in support too? So I'm just going to pray. So f- just repeat after me, just quietly, just quietly before you and God. Father God, thank you that you love me, even though I've not loved you. I know how I have lived my life my way and left you out. I know that this has stopped me having a friendship with you. Please forgive me for going my own way and doing the wrong things I've done. Thank you that Jesus died on the cross and came back to life so I could be forgiven. I commit my life to you, Lord Jesus, because I want to live my life your way. I choose this day to follow you and your plan for my life. I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior and ask you to send your Holy Spirit to help me. This I pray with all my heart, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if everyone could just close their eyes at this moment, please. Just, just let the love of God soak you. Let the love of God fill you. Let Jesus come. If you prayed that prayer this morning for the, for the first time and asked Jesus into your heart, or if, you, if you've been far away from Jesus for some time, just close your eyes and let him minister his love to you. And maybe you could raise your hand to acknowledge to yourself and before God the decision, the decision that you've made today. He doesn't force himself on anyone and he just loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much and he's got a plan, a great plan for your life. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He calls you by name and he loves you. He loves you. If there's anything that you want to talk about this morning, if there's anything you want to chat about, please feel free to have a chat with myself or Ewan, who was up here a minute ago, or Aaron as well. Just receive. Just trust Jesus. Give Jesus your burden. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And what he's wanting is not knowledge from us. He's wanting our hearts. He He just wants us to linger with him, to listen to him, and to love him. Just love. Just love. Come as you are, because there's no way, no other way to come. Thank you, Lord Jesus.